Ahem. Make it happen. All right. Hey. Ain't nothing but a hound dog. Mm, girl. Crying all the time. Yeehaw. Ain't nothing but a hound dog. Ooh, girl. Crying all the time. Bum, bum, bum. You ain't Welcome. I'm Heather. And I'm Joy. And this is Not a Dream. Hi. Hey, guys. Happy Monday or whatever day it is. Uh, it should be Monday. <laughs> maybe they're late. <laughs> the people listening. Not us. We're never late. Not even that one time. Joy's nope. got some got reviews. Three new reviews on Podbean. Are you guys ready? Well, we have four, but one's in a different language. <laughs> Wait, I really? Don't know. Yeah. Oh. I don't even want to say these words because I'm probably saying something <laughs> bad. Uh, so we have one from Valfo Dr. Iceland. Oh my god, his picture is of this guy what? shirtless holding a hammer. Well, that's something. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start with Matthew. Matthew says, Loves this, love this podcast. You guys are doing great. Thank you. Then we have... Nick. Well, N I H Q C C. Score is over 90,000. <laughs> Can confirm. I watch this as soon as it comes out. Always wanting the next. And then this last one, Heather's going to read. Oh, shoot. Okay. It's long. <laughs> good. So from Cherry, it says, ever since the release of the first episode, I've been looking forward to listening to a new episode every week. This is officially my favorite podcast. The chemistry between the two hosts is incredible and makes listening to these stories very enjoyable. Joy is literally the cutest, and I've been following Heather ever since her K-pop dance videos on YouTube. If you're a fan of true crime, horror, and or the supernatural, you have to check this podcast out. Also, their Instagram page, because the pictures make the stories even better. It's 100% not going to disappoint. Much love from Germany. Looking forward to the next episode. That's, That's so, sweet. so sweet. Thank I you. love it. Aww, thank you guys so much. It really means a lot to us. Yeah. So, Joy, I was telling Joy about the bad review we got on Apple Podcasts. And we were like, you know, I think there's definitely people out there mm -hmm. who will not like this podcast. Yes. And that's... You can't believe it's everybody. No, that's, that's like, understandable. Mm -hmm. It does seem very weird to do, like, a true crime comedy podcast. Oh, yeah. But it's it's a niche that... Niche? 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 niche. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's something that exists, and it's in no way making fun of the no. victims and their we families. Never, Pretty ever. sure we've never done that. No. So I can understand thinking it's weird, but I really implore you guys that are coming onto this and being like, oh, they're making fun of the victims mm -hmm. to, to just like take a breath. Mm -hmm. We're not. We are definitely just having fun with the morbidity. Is that a word? Yeah. Of the world. And making fun of some of these stupid killers. Fucking idiots. Like, right. And like, okay. I think we've been really respectful of no. all of the victims. And another thing too is, like, I feel like it's kind of good to be doing something kind of in a lighter heart sense, mm -hmm. too, because I feel like more people might be inclined to listen to it. There I are know. so many people oh, yeah. that there, there's literally other, um, I don't know how to explain it, the, the true crime memes, mm -hmm. true crime podcasts, people who go into forums. There's all the Facebook groups oh, yeah. that really enjoy this kind of stuff. And it's why we enjoy it. It's yeah. something that we need to make light of because it's hard to handle how much evil there is in the world without taking it lightly, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you if that does not make sense, probably just turn this podcast off because it's probably not for you. Yeah. Just going to throw it out there. And um, <laughs> I remember I was listening to like My Favorite Murder. Heather got me into it. I Jasmine did. almost got me into it, but I was like... Podcast. What is that? <laughs> but um, I remember I used to never watch out for being killed. I was like, I'm not going to freaking get oh killed. Oh, my gosh. I would do the stupidest shit. You mm -hmm. guys don't even know. I would, like, walk for, like, an hour in the dark in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Like, just, like, ha, 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 just some time to myself. But, like, since, like, listening to these kinds of things, it makes me realize, like, you never know what can happen. Nobody's right. invincible. And it's just kind of being more self-aware and, you know, not necessarily watching over your shoulder all the time, but, you know, making sure that you lock your doors when you get in your car, making sure right. that you're safe. And I think that that's kind of something good that can come out of these things because I was an idiot. 
I really do think that we should probably also just throw out there for people that may not know. Mm-hmm. We do say sarcastic stuff. If you don't understand sarcasm, I'm so sorry. Please leave. Okay. We are things like saying like uh, people from the Netherlands don't even come at me for saying something's wrong because I know it's right. Obviously, I know Please I'm probably wrong. Like I'm just being stupid. I'm yeah. not. I don't actually mean don't come at me. Like correct me if I'm wrong. But oh, yeah, I'm just being sarcastic and silly. It's not like if I <laughs> I look something up and I'm like someone on the internet said this, so it must be true. I. That's a fucking joke. Yeah. Okay. All right. Or if I'm like telling everybody that it's the fucking baker killing all those people in the Afghanistan <laughs> one. Obviously, I don't think it's the baker. It's just funny. <laughs> all right. All right. You but ready? Without further ado. I'm so excited because I don't know what this is. Hop on. Okay. L- let me take a minute though for the hint. <laughs> if you have not seen the hint, it's literally. I zoomed in onto a mustache. She sure did. I'm really fucking proud because I I couldn't figure out a good hint that wouldn't like give it away or be too off center. So, yep. Yep. Without further ado, St. <clears throat> Paul, Minnesota. Oh, fuck. December 31st, 1980. I have an idea. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to say it yet, but I just have an who idea of who it is. is. I'm not going to say anything. Just keep going. Uh, Karen Potak. Hmm. Nothing. I'm watching her. She probably not know this. <laughs> was visiting her sister. Karen was a college student, um, but they didn't actually give an age, so I'm just throwing that out there. So you kind of get an idea of how old she was. But she was visiting her sister in the city. They were out partying, and they were drunk, and she ended up wandering away from the bar alone. So she wandered outside into the cold alone. I don't know why anybody would do that, but maybe she's drunk. Well, I'll be, okay, anyways. Around 3 a.m., police received a phone call. I'm going to have to send you these clips because these are clips. Oh, audio? Uh-huh. Oh, shit. So You have to send them to me or can you just play the audio out right oh, now? Oh, I'll just play the audio out Yeah, send it to me when I'm editing, but yes. Okay. Oh, my God. St. Paul Police field a call from what appears to be a man who sounds like a woman. Yes, please. This is an emergency. Please send a squad to pass on the road. Malmberg Manufacturing Company, Machine Shop. Please, there's an ambulance too. There's a girl hurt there. Can you tell me what happened here? Just hurry, there's a, she's laying on the ground in the back by the by the railroad tracks by the engine. Hurry. What, what's the address? I don't know. Who are you? He just hung up after that. All right. Oh, the goosebumps already. Do you know what this is? <laughs> yes. I hate myself for knowing too much. I hate it. It's it's, it's whatever, but I don't know it as, as well as you're about to tell it to me. So it's okay. <laughs> Officers answer the call to find Karen left in this um, spot that they were told about by the railroad tracks. She was completely nude and badly beaten with a tire iron. Her skull was cracked wide open, but she managed to survive the attack. Holy crap. But was left mentally impaired with no memory of the attack or who did it. And this is a story of the weepy-voiced killer. He weeps! Yes! He has the weepiest of the voices. So, like, last week when I said I was, like, listening to 911 calls yeah. by killers, I was you, like, you I hope that, that doesn't give it away. No, it didn't. Yep. That's, so that's how I learned about this guy. I've heard a little bit about him before, but I didn't know. There's so much more. I'm like, my mind's kind of blown. To be honest, I don't know much more than what you've cl- already yeah. played. So I'm like, so all right, like tell a me. a ton of clips that he has. It's tell kind of insane. Everything. Okay. St. Paul, Minnesota, June 3rd, 1981. The voice from the 911 call places yet another call to police, but this time with a twist. Oh, shoot. In the summer of 1981, the voice that reported Karen Potak's attack oh, we know places it's a second that. call to okay, St. Paul just gonna hold this so it The anonymous happen. caller has another crime to report, this time with a twist. Oh, yeah. Played. 
fucking hangs up after that shit what was the twist that now he's like fucking find me and that i did it he said that i'm sorry i couldn't really hear okay he says will this time with a twist So he says, got it. goddamn find me. I will just stab somebody with an ice pick. I can't stop killing. I keep killing people. Oh, I, I thought he said knife. Oh, shit. Nope, with a fucking ice pick. That's something. Dude, that's <sighs> like, it's weird because when you just read the transcript of it, it sounds like it's some guy, like evil guy. But when you hear it, you're like, he's like crying in the middle of saying this. It's so bizarre. Yeah, it's and like, crazy. It's like scary and sad. It's really, I yeah, we're going to get into it more, but it's kind of sad. So just as the caller said, obviously this is all sad because obviously people were killed, but just as the caller said, St. Paul police found the body of another woman face down uh, near an unfinished freeway. She had been stabbed 61 times Jesus. with an ice pick. The victim was 18-year-old Kimberly Compton. On the body, the investigators found the papers, <laughs> a bus locker key that led to St. Paul Greyhound bus stop, locker number 750, which held two bags, which happened to help identify her body. Kimberly was a high school grad from Wisconsin, Wisconsin, oh my Wisconsin, who after graduating had packed her bags and jumped into a bus to the big city to start her life anew. She wanted to like, get her life started in the city, have fun, because she was from a small town. Within hours of arriving at St. Paul, Kimberly found her way into the company of a killer. In the autopsy, they found the contents of beef and fries. And across the way of the bus stop was a restaurant called Mickey's Spoon. <laughs> Such a great restaurant name. And their special for that day was barbecue beef, a pickle, and fries. So they literally, it's just so crazy right. that like autopsies can literally show where she yeah. went after. Like, that is pretty And cool. it was like so fresh, they said, that you could literally still see the bite marks on the food. Wow. Kind of, it's crazy. Ahem. So she had gotten to town and put her suitcase in the locker and headed across the street for some food. And they believe that is where she came in contact with the killer. Hmm. After a few days after her body was found, the suspected murderer called police again. Here we go. Did you know how many clips there were? Here we go. There's a lot. I gotta find it. I think the creepiest thing about it is that we're so used to killers having like no soul and being mm -hmm. psychopaths and they kill serial killers specifically. Yeah. They kill and they have no remorse. And then it's just so jarring to hear somebody with remorse right after they kill somebody that it's almost like it makes them more of a real person. And it's just terrifying. Something that really stood out to me about this case. I know we're like in the middle of it, but like normally like. Serial killers, when they call police, it's, like, to taunt them. Right. Or, you know, they have an MO or things like this. Like, this guy literally even says, I can't stop fucking killing people. You guys uh -huh. need to stop me. And then uh -huh. he's like, you know, I, I just want to fucking kill myself. I can't stop. I can't stop. Mm -hmm. And, like, he is so obviously, like, mentally ill. Like, this guy, there's something wrong with him. And, like, obviously there's something wrong with, like, all these other people. But, like, he shows remorse. He's not a psychopath because of the remorse. Yeah. Unless it's fake, which I don't think it is. No, I don't think it was either. So. <laughs> Police then released parts of the call to the media in hopes that somebody might recognize the voice. 
but response was overwhelming. It seemed that almost everybody had an idea of who the suspect mm. might be and who the man behind the weepy voice killer phone calls was. Six months pass. <coughs> <coughs> Anyways. <coughs> Six months pass. And there are still no leads, and Compton's murder is moved to the cold case file. Hmm. Fourteen months after Wait, Kimberly's murder. Just gonna throw, oh. we're just going <laughs> to... You can throw a case into the cold case file after six months? Is yeah. that, like, the, I the cutoff? I noticed that, too. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I don't know. They were just like, well, nothing to do here. Okay. It's kind of crazy. So, 14 months after Kimberly's murder, another woman's body is found. The body had been found in the river. The, it seemed that the killer had tried to dispose of the body by throwing it in the water, but the embankment was so thick with debris and brush that oh, it had God. gotten caught and was found. There are a lot of clips. Jinx Hi, wants baby. in again. He's just sitting by the door Jinx meowing. Like, let me in. It's like a it's like a glass door, so you can see him on the other side of it, and he's just so sad. <laughs> All right. Oh boy, another one. For her murder. Him. Fire emergency. Please don't touch this person. I'm sorry, I killed that girl. I stabbed her forty times. Kimberly Thompson was the first one. Oh my Wow, it's it's just like the like, crazy part to me about that one is like he just goes like I can't stop. I'm gonna kill myself. I'll never make it to heaven. Like oh, I did. I see. I couldn't even hear that. I'm gonna kind of read what he says. Yeah, read the transcript because there's certain things I can't hear. I guess okay, it's just it's so. Hearing somebody in that much distress, mm -hmm. it makes me it like makes my heart go out to them, which is so bizarre to feel that yeah. towards a murderer. You don't normally ever feel that. And it's just no. like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this person just killed somebody. You can't mm -hmm. feel bad for them. But it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So he says, please don't talk. Just listen. I'm sorry I killed that girl. I stabbed her 40 times. Kimberly Compton was the first one over in St. Paul. I don't know what's the matter with me. I'm sick. I'm going to kill myself, I think. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm going to wait for this to play to read it. So he says, um, I'm just going to, if somebody dies with a red shirt on, it's me. I've killed more people. I'll never make it to heaven. And then he hangs up. Wow. So it's honestly really freaking crazy. Like, this, like he seems just so... There's like so many emotions going on with me mm -hmm. right now. I don't even know what to say. Oh, yeah. Trying to find this next clip, which I don't even know where it is. Okay, I'll just leave that for later. <laughs> Keep choking. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So the body was identified as 40-year-old Barbara Simons. She'd been stabbed over 100 times. Honestly, I haven't even heard of, like, crimes of passion with that many stabs. Holy shit. And the fact that he didn't even know these people. It's... It's just unheard of. I just don't even know what to say. And uh, it's just, it's honestly crazy. So investigators found that she had been um, at a place called Hexagon Bar, which I think sounds like a pretty cool bar name. <laughs> and the waitress there saw her with a man dancing. After a song, the waitress saw her leaning against the stage, and it seemed like they would be leaving together because she told the waitress that she, quote, hopes this is a nice guy because... Oh, God. He is going to give me a ride home. Oh, End what? Quote. Oh, Lord. The lead detective took several of the staff back to the station to look at mugshots of several convicted like criminals and suspects. 169 photos. <coughs> all of these people had like looked at. They were all able to eliminate all the suspects except one, Paul Stefani. So literally everybody who was working there after 169 photos, they all chose the same one. Wow. Paul Michael Stefani, aged 37 at the time, was a janitor who had a history of psychiatric problems and had been convicted for aggravated assault. After the identification, he was moved to the top of the suspects list. 
Summer of March 1977, Stefani was fired from his job at the factory plant. The building um, was only a few yards from where the first body was found. After that connection was made, the investigators moved him to number one suspect. Yeah. Detectives began to follow and survey him. Not long after Paul Stefani began to travel, we don't. I don't know if like he knew that they were following him and he was trying to like kind of lose them mm-hmm. or what happened, but he started to like drive around more and more. Hmm. One outing, the team actually lost him trying to, when they were trying to follow him. He ended up going to Minneapolis. I can never say that word. <laughs> Minneapolis. <laughs> Fuck it. Red light district. So in Minnie, Minnesota, Perfect. <laughs> August 21st, 1982, that day that they lost him, Paul Stefani was at the red light district. He pulled up next to a young girl, flashes some money. Um, I don't know if he was like aware that he had lost them or like, again, if he didn't know that he was even being followed. It was just something that I was just kind of wondering what was going on. And Denise Williams, age 21, gets in Stefani's car. They went to his apartment and, he, quote, he was real quick, like two seconds. <laughs> End quote, Joy. Denise Williams. I had to put that in there. So he thought, just the fact that she says that. Okay. Yeah, so she thought he would want more, but he didn't. Paul then offers to drive Denise back to the corner, but she noticed something kind of fishy on the way back. Quote, there were no streetlights and it was getting dark. End quote. Wait, that was the weird thing? Like, yeah, that he was driving somewhere different and there weren't any lights. Oh, he like he was taking her. I thought mm-hmm. they were just driving back the way they just came or something. No. So like he was taking a different way and it was uh, getting dark and there weren't as many street lights. It was starting to get like really creepy. OK. Um, she asked him where he was taking her and he told her it was a shortcut. Okay. Quote. No. This girl. I've I was like, this motherfucker, excuse me, this man is up to something because this is not a shortcut. (laughs) I had to put that in. It was so great. End quote. Seven years on the street. Yes. And she was 14. Wow. Told Denise that this guy was bad news and he was up to something. Denise looked around. She's so fucking smart. Denise looked around for a possible weapon to defend herself if and when it would be needed. She looked down and saw a glass bottle at her feet. With no other cars in sight, Stefani pulls into a dead-end road. Ironic that it's called dead-end. Pulls out a screwdriver. Oh. Also somewhat ironic. I wonder if he, like... It's a weird weapon to have in a car, a screwdriver. He pulled out the screwdriver. Yeah. Like, that was... Like, it was his choice to choose a screwdriver. Yeah, I'm like... (laughs) All the things. I think that's kind of ironic, because you're like, it's a sex worker, and it's a screwdriver, oh and you're driving a sex worker. Joy, leave. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I don't know. He was crazy. He might have. Okay. Anyways, pulls out a screwdriver, turns to Denise, and stabs her right in the stomach. Denise oh, grabs the bottle and hits Stefani over the head. He starts bleeding everywhere. She almost passed out wow. because some of Stefani's blood splattered into her eye. Oh. And she said it was hot, and when she opened her eye, all could, she could see was red. But she just kept beating him with the bottle and, quote, poking him with the bottle. Good job. Pretty much stabbing her, stabbing him, good for her, Mm -hmm. as well. At the same time, she was grabbing at the door trying to get out of the car, but he was on top of her still with the screwdriver and just bleeding all over Denise. She managed to open the car door and rolls onto the pavement. Stefani was still on top of her, stabbing her. Nearby, a man named Doug Panning was sleeping with his window open. He woke up to the screaming, and he looked outside to see Stefani on top of Denise stabbing her. Um, stabbing her. He even heard the screwdriver hitting the bone. Oh. That's how loud it was. Doug, the brave soul, runs into the street to confront Stefani. Yes. This guy is like a hero. Yes. Stefani was severely cut up himself with blood running all down his shirt, and he gets up and goes after Doug. He starts stabbing Doug now with the screwdriver. Stefani eventually jumps into his vehicle and flees. Denise is left with 15 puncture wounds, and she's rushed to the hospital and to surgery. In St. Paul, police receive yet another phone call. Oh, my God. Right this after this? fucking guy. Uh-huh. Oh, I don't know if I found it yet. Hold on. Mm-hmm. And stabs her in the stomach. Here it is. 
This might be really good timing. He's asking for help. So, so now he's calling for help that Uh he's bleeding. Okay, where the fuck was I? Okay, paramedics um, come to apartment 1505 Westminster um, to apartment number two. Westminster? Mm hmm. Minster. (laughs) I fucking hate everything. (laughs) Apartment number. Just just listen to the video and just, or the clip, okay? (laughs) The home of Paul Stefani. Police start to connect the dots. Police go to the hospital and ask Denise if she would recognize a picture of her attacker. Sure enough, she picks out Paul Stefani. Paul Stefani is charged for attempted murder of Denise Williams. During the first interview with Paul, the lead investigator, Detective Brown, did not lead on that they knew anything about the other murders until he opens up his files with the other victims' photos in it. Paul looked up at the file and looked down at the file and back up at Brown and said, quote, you aren't going to pin those on me, end quote. <laughs> he shuts down and denies any connections to any of, like, any of those killings and to being the notorious weepy voice killer. Hmm. Summer of 1985, the jury was presented with the 911 calls. The phone calls, but were the phone calls enough to... Prove that Stefani had done the murders was the question. Um, but, like, they said that it was enough to say, like, the phone calls were enough to prove that he did the murder, but they couldn't prove that he was the person doing the phone calls. But there's a clip that I'll try to play it, but there's, like, they kind of talk through the middle of it, and I couldn't find another clip of it, mm-hmm. of, like, the phone call next to his interview right after he, like, gets caught. <laughs> So I'll play that in a minute. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, yeah, I said down somewhere. <laughs> it literally says play and try to find clip. We be voice killer. So that was the big question. The trial was, was he the weepy voice killer? Because right. obviously it would be enough evidence if they could connect it. Right. So luckily police recorded the interview with Stefani right after his arrest. And I'm going to play those side by sides, even though you're going to hear talking in it. I don't really care. I'm excited. Where are you? Okay, I think I found it. This is an excerpt from an audio interview. Fuck, what the fuck did I just do? I changed videos. <laughs> no. I'm not as good at you as you at this. Hold it. No, the reason why I can do it is I already had it like set up and stuff. Oh. I just well, I, I don't have as many clips to find. Was packed off to prison. Sergeant investigate funnies. This is an excerpt from an audio interview conducted with Paul Stefani shortly after his arrest. And this is the weepy voiced killer. The similarities in voice are compelling. Those are really freaking. Like, it's the same voice. Literally. Oh, sorry, my, it, uh, my back just like creaked up on me or something. No, I was like, I was concentrating so much that my back like twinged. Thank God that's the last fucking clip. Dude, okay, so yes. real quick, I just want to rewind back because mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I understand. So originally, how did he become a suspect? I, for, I don't think I heard exactly. So what happened is after the 40-year-old woman's murder, they went to the bar where they had like found her. I mean, like that, you know, people had seen her at Hexagon yeah. Bar. And the waitress and all Recognized the staff were him. able to point out his Identify picture. Him. So they're like, oh, he might be the suspect. When they looked more into him. Gotcha. He worked at the factory. Okay, okay. Previously. Yeah, that was like really yeah. close. Okay. He all was right. fired from the factory. And then a few years later, they found the body right there. That's right. Yeah. So experts can't conclusively say that it's the same voice. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, I, I 
can understand that because it, it's it's probably not a good enough quality to be like yeah. I can scientifically say that this is the same person. It's more like like come on guys, it's probably the same voice but kind of thing, which doesn't hold up in court. When Paul's sister listens to the tape in court in front of the jury and everything, she bent down, she bent down, cried and said, "That's Paul. That's my brother." Yeah, it does sound like him. It really does. And they still couldn't prove it and his ex-wife did the same thing. I mean, and Yep. How do you prove it, you know? Yeah, it's really hard, but it's just frustrating. Very. So, after six weeks of trial, Paul was convicted of the murder of Barbara Simons, who was the 40-year-old woman at the bar, because uh-huh. they had enough evidence to, you know, be connect able to connect them. that one. So, a lot of the investigators didn't think Paul enjoyed the killing, um, but he had grown up a very religious—wait, so he had grown up in a very religious home— and he felt enough guilt not to stop him, but to give him remorse afterwards and make him want to be stopped, even though he couldn't stop himself. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Stefani was sentenced to 40 years for the murder of Barbara. But despite his sister's confirmations of his voice, they still could not confirm him as the weepy voice killer. Mm. Justice was never really given to the families of the other two victims. St. Paul, Minnesota, 1997, 12 years into his sentence, Paul Stefani was diagnosed with skin cancer, and he was told that he was not going to live long due to it. It was that really bad one, like mm-hmm. melanoma or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, because of this diagnosis, oh, Lord. Paul decided it was time to repent for his sins to the police. Of course. he, Of course. With his first victim, Karen, he said that he was driving that New Year's Eve and saw a girl behind a bar without a jacket. He pulls over and offered her, offered to get her into the car to, like, warm up. In his words, warm up. He then drove Karen to a deserted area behind the factory he used to work at and beat her with a tire iron, iron uh. after beating her over the head and the face and her face. He explains that he realized that she must be really hurting. So he started, quote, hurting. And went back to the car to call the police. And that he really wanted to help her um, as his mind started clearing up, saying, quote, What are you doing? You had the chance to make another friend. I kept yelling at myself. You like to make friends. End quote. Like, there's something wrong with this guy. Dude. Six months later, he confesses. Six months later, he confesses that he had walked into the diner and made another friend, 18-year-old Kimberly Compton. She was sitting one to two seats away from him and started talking to, and so he started talking to her. She was telling him about where she had come from in Wisconsin. Um, quote, say, why don't you, at this point, you know, he wasn't really thinking about hurting her for, per se, but he goes, why don't you let me show you around town? According to Stefani, Kimberly agreed to go for a ride around town with him to see the sights of St. Paul's at night. Quote, I said, yeah, I want to show you something. There's a really nice view over here. You can see the nice river. You'll have something to tell your parents about. End quote. That's what he told her. Mm-hmm. Um, he then claims that he parked the car in the bushes, got out of the car with a knife, and, quote, with every intention to hurt her, end quote, they laid down in the grass, he fondled her, took off her bra, and then started stabbing her. The detectives knew there was no way to help this man or to protect potential victims out there. Quote from one of the um, investigators, he would find them, he would, have, wait, he would find them, he wanted to keep on killing, he, wait, let me restart that. <laughs> quotes he would find them he would have kept on killing had he not been caught sorry i can't read my own freaking hand yeah i believe that like they're like there's nothing there's honestly nothing that they could do he couldn't find out um what the motive was and nobody could ever figure out what his like motive like for any of this was um, the only thing that had really happened to him, he didn't have a bad childhood. Like, mm-hmm. he never hit over the head that I could find. Right. There wasn't a lot about his childhood, but I feel like if there was, they would have said something. Right, right. The only thing is that he had an ex-wife. Hmm. So, it's kind of interesting. And he never really said what caused him to go from <coughs> being friends with these people to killing them. He mm-hmm. never said. Yeah, right? he, it just was almost like a switch. 
which just it really baffles me. And yeah. they said, honestly, the only way to stop him from killing more people was just to keep him behind bars. Right. So we have another quote coming. <laughs> quote from Paul Stefani. Killing seemed to me um, the thing you were supposed to do. It was part of life. Dr- like driving a car was part of life. Eating food was part of life. To me, it seemed like killing was a part of life until I did it. And then I drove away. What are you doing? I just couldn't turn myself in. He would, like, ask himself, what are you doing? I just couldn't turn myself in. That's why I kept getting on the phone. Paul Stefani. Weird. So, like, there'd almost be, like, a voice in his head after he did it, like, what are you doing? And then he'd be like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Like, I need to get on the phone. It's almost like he was, like schizophrenic or like had multiple personalities he doesn't say anything about auditory hallucinations or anything like he doesn't say anything about voices in his head so it it doesn't seem like he's schizophrenic he said that you would hear a voice saying what are you doing oh he like okay i thought he would just say that to himself like under his breath or something it was like he said that he would like hear a voice telling him like what are you doing hey i thought you wanted to make friends this is how you like don't you like making friends like why did you do this we would have made like a friend like yeah okay so i mean it's hard obviously we don't know anything so it's hard to say but like holy crap like there yeah it's honestly crazy so stefani then confesses to another unknown victim oh shit that was not linked to the weepy voice killer previously a woman who had been previously thought to have been drowned in her own bathtub like by accident 33 year old kathy greening he claimed that he had that they had both gotten into the tub and then he pressed her shoulders down pinning her under the water holy shit he even said that he was like able to see her face like the entire time they were able to confirm the story and that he had actually been one of the suspects during her drowning and had his name as Paul S. and had his phone number and everything. Wow. And, um, like, luckily after all these confessions, some of the families, even though he wasn't persecuted, just being able to be told. To hear from him. Yeah. Right. A lot of families did gain a little bit of closure. June 12th, 1998, Paul Michael Stefani died of cancer in prison. And people still don't know what triggered him. And I couldn't find anything, anything that would lead to him acting that way. That's so I think I read a little something about him possibly having, like, a multiple personality disorder. But I think it was, like, on Reddit and there wasn't, like, a lot of, like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, facts behind it. But, yeah, that is the story of the weepy voice killer. Wow. So... I, I remember hearing, I don't remember where, yeah, but... I heard the clip, and then I was like, oh, I want to look into that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then I, like, I was like, whoa. like I know, I think I heard <laughs> somewhere that multiple personality disorder is like super, 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 super rare to the point like it barely mm-hmm. even exists. So I would be inclined to think that's probably not it, but yeah. I don't fucking know anything. There is definitely anything. something like mentally wrong. Oh, yeah. But that is the most bizarre story. One of the more bizarre things I've heard. Yeah, like something that, like, like that thing that really stood out to me is, like, there wasn't, like, a motive. Like, there there was no real, like, and the fact that he was calling because he legitimately wanted to help that one girl. He legitimately wanted to be stopped, but then he was scared. Like, it's weird how, like, kind of human in a way, but it was. it's almost like a, it's almost like a really mentally sick child or person like that just does not is not under control it's one of those cases where like i'm sure anyone would agree without a a shadow of a doubt that this person can't be in the public they can't be reformed they can't they have to stay behind bars they just cannot be around people anymore because we have no idea what even causes this we don't no, know why they're like this. How If we don't know what causes it, how would they even take steps towards getting it's, better? It's weird because I couldn't see any reason why he would be, like, upset. And, like, it takes a lot to stab somebody over a hundred times. Oh, my God. You'd be exhausted. Yeah, you'd be you'd be exhausted. And, like, I feel like you'd snap out of it before a hundred times. But you, he didn't. And it's like you, you have to consciously make this decision to continue to stab as you're already exhausted after, mm-hmm. like, what, the eighth stab or something. Yeah. This is insane. It's it's just honestly so... And I really couldn't find... I even tried to, like, look up childhood, like, look yeah. at all these things for, like, if something happened in his childhood, maybe, like, 
there's no hatred of women. That like wow. all these people are like all different ages. It was and they just, were all like, women, right? To be there. Yeah. <sighs> so weird. But like there wasn't a bad relationship with his mom. Right. Like it's just it honestly kind of blew my mind. You don't hear about that very often, yeah. Mm-mm. It's funny because I when I heard about this story, I actually thought it was unsolved. Either that, but mo- probably I thought that because I just never looked into it enough to find mm-hmm. out who it actually was. But I honestly thought it was unsolved. I'm like, oh, okay, so they did find somebody. And when you like watch his interview, like I feel like he's telling the truth. It doesn't seem like somebody is like trying to like manipulate or something like that. Like he was like, honestly, pulled over to help her warm up. I felt bad for this girl on the side of the road who was cold. And then it's like almost like. He tries to be like a nice guy and helps help somebody, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it just goes like he snaps. Like, yeah, he wanted to show that girl around town. Like, it seemed like he legitimately just wanted to, like that's terrifying. And then all of a sudden it would just snap, and then he's like, I didn't even have any intention on hurting her when I was just like just driving. That's her so around. terrifying. But I couldn't find more about the whole bath thing too. Like, why were they together? Why were they in the bath? Like, uh, maybe they just came home from a bar together. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, it was it's just weird. like it was just so. Interesting, and then I also couldn't find things of people who knew him, any childhood friends, any even just friends. It was just hmm. so much of it was like such a mystery. I hate when you can't find all this stuff. It's like you want to know everything. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just such an interesting case to me. I was kind of excited to do it. It is very, very interesting, very scary. Yeah, it's kind of terrifying, and <laughs> just the fact that like there had to have been. Like, something showing that maybe he was, like, just a little socially off or something. You know what I mean? Like, someone yeah. had to have known something. But even, like, looking into it, I couldn't see anything There's about what an ex-wife said or anything. Right. I mean, I'm sure there has... Somewhere there's got to be proof from like his parents or or somebody growing up that was like, well, I always kind of thought it was weird mm-hmm. that... Blank. Just that, like, you know, he had that previous, like, assault charge. like right. So Maybe obviously something was going on from somebody like it was just kind of interesting. Like I'm like always... picture of him like of of mice and men like that kind oh of Oh my god, guy. no, I can't compare them. I feel Except so for that guy's, like but like just like that kind of I understand character. where you're coming from, but it's hard for me to compare them cuz I just love Lenny <laughs> so much and No, I do. <laughs> That is, like, such a sad book. Oh, it's the saddest book. Not anything to do with Lenny, but just, like, almost kind of, like, this bigger kind of, like, man who doesn't totally get the world. Not all mentally there. Yeah, not all mentally there. Like, that's kind of how I, like, view it. However, this guy was not mentally challenged. Yeah. From what I'm sure, what what I've heard from you. Yeah. Anyway, I was going to say something and then forgot. (laughs) Well, there we go. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of glad I did this case, though, because sometimes you just, like, see or hear hear of something. Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm like moving around like a child. Um, you see or hear something and then you're like, oh, that was interesting. And then, and then you, you actually, move on. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I would have never guessed any of this stuff. Like, Yeah. Dude, that's... I didn't know if there were so many murders or so many phone calls either. I was like, wait, there's all these phone calls? Yeah, the fo- I mean, honestly, whenever there's audio or video of anything, I'm like 80 times more interested in it. I know. I was like, hopefully it's okay for Heather to like edit all this audio. I was like, no, she's probably gonna hate it's me. totally fine. But it reminds me of um, it's not it's video in this case, mm-hmm. but it's the whole reason why the Elisa Lamb videos are so fascinating because there are videos. If you just heard about it. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say what it is because maybe someone hasn't heard of it and maybe I'll do it sometime because it's fascinating. I was thinking about doing it, but then I was like, I feel like it'd be kind of hard to like show. It's like so much more captivating. It's very visual. It. It's very visual. You're right. But it's like if you just heard about it mm-hmm. without seeing the video, it's creepy. But with the video added on top of it, it's like significantly more interesting. I still don't get that one. Dude, my just I can't. It's so good. All right. Well, that was great. Do thank you. To, thank you. Thank you for. I feel like that didn't really end on a happy note. It kind of ended on a sad note. Which of these do end on happy notes? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Freaking, you know what did? What? Mary Vincent. That one did. I mean, kind of. I mean, it could have. I mean, she did lose her arms. It could have been better. I'm going to be honest. Know, <laughs> justice was served. I do understand that. Yeah. Ju- in the justice point of it. Absolutely. I mean, there's lots of stories that are very, very sad with the justice, so it's kind of hard to say that it's a good story when there's such yeah, sad that's stuff. That's very true. But, yeah, I get it. So, I don't know what I'm going to do next week. I, I Like I said, I have uh-huh. an idea. I did want to do that kind of 
more lighthearted one. Um, and that's still on the front of my mind right now, but I might change it. Like, I feel like we need a light. Yeah. I feel like that one was It is very really different. Sad. The reason why I want to do it is because it's so different from what we've done, but it's still in the same genre of, like, crime, you know? So, so there's this one story that I want to do, but I don't even remember it's called, so I'll never find it, but just that one where what the guy... What if I knew it? <laughs> I bet do, I do. I bet do. I... It's the guy who freaking... <laughs> Starts taking all those leaves from the park. And oh my god, them, yes! He puts them all into his Fuck. house, into his apartment, and the police come in, and Dude. he literally pops out of all these leaves. It's so. It's one of those situations where you're just like, it's so funny, but then I you're don't like, even you're like, the case. you like I mean, laugh, and then you're like, wait a minute. Holy fuck! I this is horrifying. <laughs> Jesus! I don't remember what it was about. I honestly. do. It's oh. it's yeah. I totally remember it. Was it a pretty bad murder? Yeah. No, no, no. It wasn't a murder, but oh, it was, was a, it? it was like a depressing story. Like oh. it was. From what I remember, nobody dies. Okay. I'd have to look I was up like, again. I don't remember but... anybody dying. All I remember is like just that mental image of like surprise, like he's in his fucking leaf house. Part of me is like I think. You know what? You know, I'm, I'm going to cut this out anyway, uh-huh. but from what I remember, I think he actually did kill her mom or something and then kidnapped her, but she ended up being okay, like the daughter. Oh, I But I do so. think that he killed her mom or her parents or something before kidnapping her. Mm-hmm. So I think he did. Yeah. He did kill someone. It's he did. It's been so long. I remember. But then somebody else survived. So, I, But yeah, I totally remember that because I... Heard that one on My Favorite Murder, and then I heard it again on a different podcast. I freaking love that story. Dude, that's so... It's so fucking like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, can you imagine police? And this is all these leaves, and this guy pops out. He's like, like hello. What? <laughs> I know. So for that could be really terrifying in the same oh, way, though. absolutely. You, like, pop in. Okay. Anyways. Okay. What's a good thing that happened to you this week? Um. <clears throat> here I go again. Sorry, blanking completely on this. <laughs> You're all good. So I ask you first. <laughs> Fuck. Um... Last weekend, I went to Bisbee for my oh, sister's thirtieth birthday. She wanted to go to um, like this little Bisbee's, like an old mining town on like right on like the Arizona Mexico border. And she heard cool things about it being like this cute little kind of hipster town, mm-hmm. which is very much up her alley. Mm-hmm. So she's thirty now, and <laughs> this is gonna come out after um, I give her her card for her birthday. Uh-huh. So I'm just gonna say what it is. Uh, because we're celebrating tomorrow or Saturday, Isn't even though her birthday, birthday today. Her birthday is yesterday. Oh yes, her like actual birthday was yesterday. But I'm gonna get her a card because we both. You might not get this. You uh-huh. you won't get this. But for people listening who do watch Friends, because um, me and Kristen watch Friends so much, we love it. I'm gonna get her a card that says "Happy Birthday, Grandma," and then you open it up and it says, "It's better to be over the hill than buried under it." And that was the card that Joey or Chandler got Rachel for her 30th birthday. That's amazing. <laughs> and that she read it so and she's good. like in tears. She's like, "Happy Birthday, Grandma." And Chandler's like cracking up and she's like, ah. <laughs> I'm excited. I have to make it though. That I have to like amazing. go to Michael's and like cut out. I believe in you. Yeah, thank you. My favorite card that I ever got, I think it was for it, so it was for Isaiah. I think it was our third year anniversary. I got it at a sex shop. Don't ask me why. I just kept seeing it there. The fact like, that there's <laughs> cards at a sex shop is what surprises me actually the most out of that. Got it. Fascinations. I don't know. I had a friend who worked there. Okay, just stop. I'm just why. why Anyways, they have cards? Okay. I saw it like five times over mm-hmm. a course of like six months, and oh, over a course one. of five days. There's there is only one, and I was like, okay, I need to get this. Okay, so it's like a beautiful picture of a sunset and uh-huh. this couple, and it says happy anniversary, and you open it, it says thanks for fucking up my life. <laughs> Why does that seem oh so much god. like you and Isaiah? Oh my god! <laughs> Literally, it. did he laugh? Did he love it? Yeah, I like. Did waited, he frame it? I waited like eight months to give it to him. So <laughs> I had it for so long. <laughs> it's my favorite card. It's like the I've perfect ever card for you. Just the best. Oh my god! But yeah, that's that was my favorite card. But I like that idea for <laughs> I've never been able to find a card quite as good as no. that. That's the fact. I'm gonna go to Fascinations next time I look for a card now because that's they clearly have got some great stuff. It was amazing. <laughs> so um, my good thing this week, 
was I should have thought about it because I was sitting there the whole time. Uh, <laughs> I've almost finished Kingdom Hearts. Oh wow! Three. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've just been so busy. Yeah. <laughs> and I've uh, Winston got surgery and it went well. That's right. My chinchilla. He got his teeth filed. And then, oh, we finished buying all our furniture. Oh, you did? Yeah, we got, okay, we got a freaking Where'd couch you get it from? sectional. Freaking American Home Furniture Store. Dude, I am so excited to get a sectional myself. Please I keep do. telling John, I'm like, we need to get a sectional in this giant-ass living room we have yes. here. Eventually, I will be on your level. So we point. got a huge freaking sectional with an extra chair. Oh, my God. Connected to it. Does it have like a chaise lounge on it? Like a chaise, like a long? Um, no. Oh. It doesn't have one of those, I don't think. That's don't my remember. dream. <laughs> it's my dream. But those are really cool. Like the, I think they call them chasers or something, where it's like connected to the couch, but it pulls out and it's like further. Chaise. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yes. And then we got one of those fancy TV stands where it has like the fake fire underneath. Oh my it's, like, God. Like a fire on like so glass and it warms your house. Oh my and God. And then we got, what else did I, I got a gaming desk, but like a really nice, nice one that's like an L shape and it's got like Perfect. some stuff to put my consoles. And then I got a table and chairs. Like a dining table. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then. Something else that I can't remember, and guess how much we spent? I mean, I truly have no idea. After delivery, like, they're taking it all to our house and setting it up, we are paying 1600 Wow. Which is really cheap that is for really a good. brand new, huge I'm sectional. Shocked. I was, like, I was like, not even sure if you were going to go super chairs. cheap with your answer or super expensive. I had, like, a budget of, like, 3000 and we didn't yeah. manage it. So. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> so the furniture, like, whole That's apartment. amazing. I still need, okay, I want, a, like, a place to put my tea. And then I want on display. I want a place to put my tea. I have tea. so much tea in You mugs. walk by the dining room table and you're like, nah. I probably have, like, 50 mugs. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> I, I know. I remember you that. telling me this. I bought two more the other day. <laughs> and I I'm going to get you a mug as your wedding gift. That's it. Just one mug. Please yeah, do. And then just say because there weren't enough on it like somehow get it on <laughs> the mug that there wasn't enough oh my god anyways yep i think that was my good thing that's that's great that's very exciting i love buying furniture yeah. i'm gonna pester the hell out of john you now and be like when are we gonna get a sexual although he's kind of stressed about money right now so i probably won't do it so go up and be like hey wake up <laughs> <laughs> wake up john he's napping right we now. need to go get a section john <laughs> i just Right now. Anyways, all right. Well, there we go. Cool. All right. We will see you guys next week then. You guys have a happy Monday. Yes. Has it only been 32 minutes? It has been 52 minutes and 46 seconds. I was like 32 minutes. What the hell? All right. Well, there we go. All All right. Go do your things. Love you guys. Sweet dreams. Have a good day. Whatever the hell's going on. I am so madly in love with you guys. I'm in love. I'm in love with you guys.